This is Mitchell McLam, lead pastor of Sapona Road Church in Fayetteville, North Carolina. We're so excited you found our podcast. Our prayer is that you're blessed by today's message. If you would like more information about Sapona Road Church or would like to give to this ministry, please visit our website at saponaroadchurch.com. We hope you have a great day and enjoy today's message. please turn with me to the very uh, first page of your Bible. Uh, Go past the translation explanation, the table of contents, where it says Old Testament, and flip up to that that first page, to Genesis chapter 1. As I started pondering and praying on our direction for the year, and what my direction is going to be for the next uh, little while as I try to glean from what the Lord would have me to deliver in content and in sermons, the Lord led me just to the beginning. And I told you, I don't have some fancy cliche, and I'm not, it's it's ridiculous, y'all, on these preacher groups and how many 2020 and 2020 there is. It's ridiculous. And I'm not doing that. I want us just to start at the beginning. And my goal for, for the year as long as the Lord allows me to do it until something completely knocks me in into another lane and blindsides me, I'm going to preach through the Bible. And I'm going to, to spend some time, three to four weeks, a book, uh, and then we'll move on. So obviously I'm not preaching the entire Bible. We probably won't even make it through the Old Testament. But for the next little while until I see some different direction, until the Lord leads me a different way, on Sunday mornings I'm going to preach through the Bible. And so today I want us to start in Genesis chapter 1, and we're going to look at this. Pastor Jonathan mentioned to you a moment ago uh, the basics. What the basics is on Wednesday nights, we are going to be combining together for the next eight weeks. So this semester of, of small group time, this semester of time together, our adults will be together. Youth and kids will still do their own thing. Our adults are coming together. We're coming together in here, and I'm going to teach a class for the next eight weeks on the basics. It doesn't matter whether you've been saved six months or whether you've been saved 60 years. Sometimes we need to go back to the basics, right? We need to have a knowledge. We need a a basic knowledge to understand how to explain what we believe. If you don't know what you believe, then you need to be told some, some theory and you need to develop for yourself your own belief system. I can't tell you what to believe. I can stand up here and tell you what I believe, but somehow, some way, you need to, to have some revelation and you need to develop a thought of what you believe. So for the next eight weeks, I'm going to spend some time telling you what we believe as a church, uh, some personal theology in there as well, but really a more broad basis on what we believe as a Christian church and what we believe as a church in the Church of God, as a Pentecostal church in this denomination. So it's important uh, going forward, looking toward the future as we take in people, as people come to our church, as people check us out and they, they try us out, we want to direct them to this basics course. So we're going to record it. We're going to video it. There'll be some handouts. Bring your pen and paper. Um, I'll have your paper to write on, but if you want to take some notes. But we're going to record it, and, and what's going to happen is when somebody new comes in, you bring somebody in, and they just fall in love with our family, and they say, what do we do next? How do we get involved? We're going to direct them to the basics. 
We're going to direct them to this place. They can watch these videos. They can fill out these study guides. And I think that it's only right that you and I sit and we glean and we learn the basics prior to so that we're all on the same page. You with me? It's not fair for somebody to walk in off the street and I say, hey, we're going to kick you through the basics class. And then we've got seasoned saints that have sat in here for years that don't know the basics. Not cool, right? So we're going to do it together. We're going to walk through it for the next eight weeks together, 7 o'clock on Wednesday night. It's not going to, uh, we'll, we'll probably spend a little bit of time. It's informal. It's not going to be uptight. It's not going to feel kind of like what this does this morning. It's going to be more like our small group environment, but it will take place in here over the next eight weeks and just kind of we're going to walk through this together and walk through the basics of what it means to be a disciple and a follower of Jesus Christ and what it means to be a, a integral part of the church family you with me cool genesis chapter one i'll read these first two verses and then we're going to to dissect this a little bit it says and i'm reading out of the new living translation in the beginning god created the heavens and the earth that is a powerful powerful statement and i'm gonna break it down in just a little bit uh, as, and break it down in a few minutes of us to kind of look at it and see how powerful it really is. But that first statement of the Word of God is powerful in itself. To know that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That means that there was nothing before God created the heavens and the earth. You with me? In the beginning was only God. There was nothing prior to there was nothing before, and everything that came after only came because God allowed it, and he orchestrated it and put it in motion. So in the very beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. We see from the very get-go, from the very outset of Scripture, that God is a creator. Why are we not creative? It's not natural for me. I, I told people, and I put myself down, and I probably do it in ways I shouldn't. I have friends that can write sermon series. They can sit down in 30 seconds, and they can give me a title. They can give me three sermons, and they can give me three points to go with each sermon. And it's like this catchy, beautiful, uh, thought-provoking, just the names of them are amazing. I'm not that way. Creativity is not my, my strong suit. You give me uh, some numbers and you let me work out, and you give me some figures, I can roll all day long with you. But that doesn't mean that there's not creativity within me. In a few minutes, you're going to see you were created in the image of God. You were created to be like God. And if in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, why are we not creating? He created out of nothing. There was nothing. In the beginning was nothing but God, and he created the heavens and the earth. There's times that I look at life, and I get to having this pity party, and, and although God's blessed me beyond measure, I look, and I see nothing. I look through a day, and I'm like, well, that was a wasted day. That was a, a time. God, I don't even see anything working here in this plan. Sure, we've got all this stuff around me. I've got this beautiful family around me, but I still see nothing, and it's like, when I open the Bible, God looks right at me and says, well, you dumbo, create something out of it. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, but it's interesting because verse 2 tells us that that creation was not complete. In fact, it says that the earth was formless and empty and darkness covered the deep waters. 
That means that what God created, what he started, although he created the heavens and the earth, it was not anything spectacular in the moment. And it says it was formless and empty. The word formless actually could be dissected to mean it was a waste. It was a waste. It was formless. It was empty. There was nothing. What God started had no form, had no shape whatsoever until he continued the work. That means that when he created something in me, although there was a starting point, it doesn't have to be perfected. It's not going to be immediate, right? When a baby is born, they are not some grown adult with a PhD that can do anything that they want to do from the time they exit the womb, right? Creation began, but realistically, that is nothing but a spit-uppy, diaper-pooping, crying baby, right? But the potential that is within that child is unseen. The potential is beyond anything that could ever be imagined. The way that the sponge of the mind grows and develops, the the knowledge that they take in is unreal. And so God created the heavens and the earth in the beginning, but yet verse 2 tells us that what he created actually had no form up to this point. That gives me a little bit of hope. That gives me a little bit of hope that I can look at the things that God's working in my life. And although he's sparked something, although he's he's moved something, I don't have to look at what I see as the end result. It's not done yet. What God's doing in in this church, in this family, he sparked something, but it's not done yet. What he's doing in our families, what he's doing changing the hearts and and the lives of our spouses and our kids and and the people around us, what he's doing in our workplaces, he sparked something, he's created something, but it still looks like a mess, and that's okay. It doesn't have to be perfect. It says that the earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of Of the waters, the face or the surface of the deep. We believe in the Trinity, meaning we believe in God and three persons. Egg is one egg. It has three parts. It has a shell, it has the yolk, and it has the clear yunky junk, right? The white. It's still one egg though, right? In the first two verses of Scripture, we see God the Father, the Creator. We see the Holy Spirit moving. And in John, we look back and see Jesus knowing that Jesus was there in the beginning. You can't look at us as as Pentecostals and say you're crazy that the Spirit was only meant to take place, that the move of the Holy Spirit was only meant to take place in Acts chapter 2, where the, the, the Spirit came down on the day of Pentecost. Wrong. The Holy Spirit was present from verse 1. Right? That's why we believe what we believe. The Holy Spirit has been a working, acting person of God since the beginning. So we move on. I want to look at each day of creation. And I want us to look at the beginning of this year and find something practical that can be applied to our life through each day that God created something. That's our goal. You with me? We're going to walk through each day, and I want you to find the practicality that can be applied to your life of what God did. So we look, first of all, at verse 3. 
Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. There was no Alexa, friends. I'm on this kick right now, and I want, like, light switches in my house where I can say, hey, Alexa, turn the lights on, and the lights come on in my house, and they go off. I've not bit the bullet. I've not spent that money. But there was no Alexa when God said, let there be light. But when God spoke light into existence, the darkness that surrounded the earth, the the formlessness and, and the voidness that was over the surface of the deep disappeared. He spoke light into existence. What's interesting, though, is about 530 tonight, what's going to happen? East Over lost power last night. It was one dark hole in my neighborhood. I don't like it when it gets dark like that. But it still got dark. But that doesn't make sense, God, because you said let there be light and there was light. God didn't get rid of darkness. He put darkness under control. He put darkness under order. There's things in our life that are completely okay within reason. There's things in our life that we're doing. There's things that are taking, they're consuming. We get on these Netflix binges. I hope it's not Netflix anymore. Move past Netflix. Let's go to Hulu. Let's go to Disney+. Plus. We get on these binges, and we, whatever it is, we find ourselves doing something more and more. We, we find ourselves, you want to stay outside and work all day long and miss everything else in life. I don't know what it is. Everything is okay with, with, within measure, right? Everything is okay to an extent. Of course, there's some clauses to that. We'll talk about those in the basics if you want to hear about them. Everything's not okay. But realistically, good things can take over your life. And God didn't get rid of darkness. It's going to get dark tonight. If we turn off the lights in here, other than these beautiful blue windows, it's going to be darker than it is with the lights on, right? He took it into control. He put it in its place. He brought order. The second day, God spoke and there was a sky. It says, God said, let there be a space between the waters to separate the waters of the heaven and the waters from the earth. The old word there is firmament. Firmament. God said, let's put a firmament. Our New Living Translation translates it to space for us. But the word firmament, the verb part of firmament that creates the word is rakia. And rakia literally means to beat or to stamp. So that means in order for God to have separated and created a space or a divide... It meant that some beating had to take place. Scripture uses that same word in different places, but it's, it's about beating out metal. When we had horses. I loved getting old horseshoes, and I'd beat the horseshoes, and I'd make something out of it, and I'd mash it down flat and do all this crazy mess. And you could create something by beating the metal, right? In order for us to have the separation The earth had to go through some pressing. The atmosphere had to go through some pressing. 
So that tells me two things. First of all, there's some things in our life and there's some areas of our life that God just needs to beat the mess out of us. Right? In order for us to be spread the way we need to be spread and in order for our life to cover what our life is supposed to cover, we need to be beat down and pressed down and we need to be stamped out and molded into what it is we've been created to be. Not only, though, do we need to be beat down, pressed down, and and molded into that, but there's some things in our life we need some division from. God said it's not good for the waters of the atmosphere and the waters of the earth to be together. That serves no purpose. There needs to be some division. There's some things in our life. There's some people in our life. There's some situations that we put ourselves in that God is is saying, hey, I'm going to press you down. I'm going to mold you to make you what I need you to be. But it's going to cause some division between some things in your life. On the second day, he brought division. On the third day, God said, hey, let's let some dry ground appear. I love water. I love the water. If it were up to me, we'd put a floating church on the lake, and we'd have church on the lake every Sunday. And I'd drive the boat on my wakeboard to the lake, to the, to the church house, and I'd hop off on the ramp, and I'd come in, and I'd go back out and go again. I love the water. But God said that the water needed some order, and it needed some boundaries. Some things in our life need some boundaries. Some of us in 2020 need to learn how to say no. If I tell you no to something you asked me to do, somewhere you asked me to go, don't take it personal. I'm learning my boundaries. God said it's not good for the whole earth to be nothing but water. So what we're going to do is we're going to let dry ground come up from the earth, and it's going to separate the waters. We're going to create boundaries. We're going to keep the water in its place. But what's so cool about this, for me, is this is when he created the discipleship multiplication principle. Jesus hadn't even come yet. There were no disciples. There were no people at this point. But God put discipleship in place. Because when boundaries came up, it created opportunity for life. When, when God put things in order and he, he separated the land from the water and he kept the water in its place, for me, represents the lake and the pleasure. When he put those things in its place and he, he created then this other, this other area of life and boundaries began to separate the things that were important, the things that were not important, the things that needed our time, the things that don't need our time. When we recognize the boundary is good for us, life comes up. Because he said, in this land, produce earth, You need to produce seed-bearing plants that will produce seed-bearing fruit. I thought about it this morning in my office. I don't think God created but one pine tree up out of the earth because from that point forward, a pine cone was supposed to create the next pine tree. Right? Now, I'm being extreme. Sure, I'm sure he created more than one pine tree, but the purpose is not for God to raise up all of these identical fruits and trees to to greet just so that he creates them all. The purpose, read your Bible. It says that it's very clear in verse 11. Then God said, let the land sprout with vegetation, every sort of seed-bearing plant and trees 
that grow seed-bearing fruit. These seeds will then produce the kinds of plants and trees from which they came. We are supposed to be the seed-bearing trees producing seed-bearing fruit so that trees grow beside us. Right? Discipleship 101, God introduced the multiplication principle that if I can grow three trees around me and they can grow three trees around them and they can grow three more trees around them, it's crazy the way compounding interest works, friends. Right? It's no different with our discipleship process. Really, truly, I know it's hard. I do my best. I don't care how random the person is in my life. I try to invite one person to this church every week. And if they would all show up, not just my people, but the people that I know you're inviting every week. I hope you're inviting at least one person to this house every week. If they would show up, and then the next week, well, you realize, first of all, that would just be double what's here right now. Right? We could double the attendance of this church by bringing one person with us next week. But then what happens when us and the one person we bring bring one more person the following week? The multiplication principle that God introduces on the third day of creation is insane. He's told us how to grow the kingdom of God. He's told us how to build disciples. He said, I didn't create you as a tree to grow and get old and be cut down and never produce anything new. He was intentional about the type of trees that he planted. That's interesting to me. So we go to day four. I like this one. Verse 14. God said, let lights appear in the sky to separate day from night. Let them be signs to mark the seasons, days, years. Let the light shine down on earth. And that's what happened. Because when God speaks, that's what happens. This is where time management comes in, though. I'm not the greatest time manager. Micah said amen. But on the fourth day of creation, God gave us principles of time management. We didn't need a source of light. He had already let there be light, right? We didn't need a source of light. Light existed long before the sun was created, four days prior to the sun being created. We didn't need light. We needed order. We needed seasons. We need to know when to go to bed. We need to know when to get up out of the bed. And the sun and the moon were put in place to govern the day and to govern the night. You know, I've talked to people that have struggled. I've talked to a lot of people that have struggled in different ways. You know one thing that a whole lot of them have in common? Not all of them, but a whole lot of them. They'll stay up all night long and sleep all day. 
What'd you do? I just watched movies, played video games. And you expect to be productive today? Wrong. The sun went down for a reason. The moon's put in place. The people that are a whole lot smarter than I am wrote the system for the 24-hour clock. In 29 this year in February, 28 to 30, the 31 days, we get a fresh start to a new month. About three months, you get a new season. You're tired of the cold already. Just wait a little while, and it'll be 95 degrees. Tomorrow, 12 o'clock probably. God's creation brought order. I don't live by it. I struggle. I'm great at making a spreadsheet. I am terrible at living by the spreadsheet. You go to my office, and this guy, I got to make a new one. My schedule's changing a little bit this year, just moving into this new semester with my schooling and stuff. But you go to my office, and there is a great laid-out schedule for every day. But it's color-coded. Personal time's red. Don't touch it. Wake up in the morning, do devotion, get a shower, go to the gym. I actually do those in flip-flop order. I don't get a shower before I get to the gym. Come to the church. Depending on what day it is, depending on what gets done. Five o'clock, I'm done. I'm leaving. It's red. Don't touch it. I'm just kidding. Please don't. I am here for you wholeheartedly, and my family loves you more than anything in life. And I would be at your front door in a moment. But I respect your personal time, and you respect mine, and I'm so thankful for that. So I don't mean no harm whatsoever in that joke. Moving on. Service times are in order. Wednesday nights, my study time, my preparation. I can make a beautiful spreadsheet. Keeping that spreadsheet's another story. It's hard. Maybe that needs to be my discipline that I take on for the year. I don't know. When I work by my schedule and I work by the order that God put in place, life flows a whole lot smoother. It's practical. It's simple. When I keep my schedule like I'm supposed to keep my schedule, Micah's happier. A whole lot more gets accomplished. I feel better. He put the sun and the moon in the sky to govern our day and night to give us order and time management. I love the stars, though, don't you? Psalm 19.1 said, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament or the sky shows his handiwork. I think he threw the stars and the moons and the planets up there just to show off. I loved, last night you could see some, some stars in the darkness when the clouds would roll on by. I love to be somewhere, and we, I, I look up at night regularly. I don't know why. Maybe you do too. Maybe I'm just weird. But I love to see how clearly you can see the sky in different places. I remember we used to travel and we would ride horses and you guys have seen some beautiful skies. I, I loved, I would sit out by a fire in the pitch black dark with nothing but a campfire and I'd lay back and I'd watch the, sty, the sky forever. Crazy hours in the morning, I'd fall asleep in the chair and realize I'm asleep in the chair. 
often, though, do we stop and just appreciate the fact that the heavens are declaring the glory of God? That the firmament, the sky, the atmosphere is His handiwork. If you like to create things, there's times you're proud of your handiwork, right? And God, I think, was just showing off His glory when He put them up there. How often, though, do we stop and slow down enough to just soak it in? Day five's interesting because I've seen some pretty weird fish. But on day five, in verse 20, he said, Let the water swarm with fish and other life. Let the skies be filled with birds of every kind. So God created great sea creatures and every living thing that scurries and swarms in the water and every sort of bird, each producing offspring of the same kind. Five ties in with six, and it rolls right on down where on day six, he said, let the earth produce every sort of animal, each producing offspring of its same kind, livestock, small animals that scurry along the ground, wild animals. I promise you, with every ounce of this body that I have, God is going to provide for you. Man had not even been created. That means that the provision came prior to man's creation. He had already created the, the seed bearing, the fruit bearing, the apple tree was already put in place, and now he's put the, the, the rainbow speckled lemon pepper trout from Cracker Barrel in place already. He's put the black Angus beef to put a ribeye steak on my plate already in place before man had ever even been created. There's power in that thought though. I don't care what it is that we think we need. I don't have a clue what the next month's going to hold, what the next two months are going to hold. I don't know what this year's going to hold, but I promise your provision was created long before you made it to this point in time. God's already provided. I mean, he showed off his creativity. You've seen that? Snakehead fish, that's a weird, nasty-looking fish that you're supposed to kill if you catch one. I've seen some pretty crazy-looking animals. God is creative. But he provided. And then he moves on in day six. Verse 26. And God said, let us make man, let's make human beings, make man in our own image. To be like us. He said they'll reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, and all the wild animals on earth and the small animals that scurry along the ground. God doesn't have human form. He's God. But God holds all dominion. You remember in the beginning... God created the heavens and the earth. There was nothing but God, right? He created us to be like him. So when Adam and Eve were put on earth, he gave them dominion over all the living creatures, right? Why don't we still have dominion? Dominion. 
When they sinned, they lost dominion. When they acted in their disobedience, they lost dominion over the earth. Created in his image, we were created victorious. We were created with power. We were created that if I said, hey, duck, come here and let me kill you and eat you. Hey, duck, had to fly down, land in my hand. I killed it and I ate it. Right? I was created to reign over all living creatures. But why is it that so many things are out of our control? So many things we've lost control of. There's so many things in my life that I don't reign over. Because of sin. So you know what God taught me in day six? To gain dominion. The only way that I get dominion, though, is through the power and the authority of the blood of Jesus. All the way back to the first six days of creation, we still end up back at Jesus. God wanted us to have dominion. He wanted us to reign so bad that he brought history all the way back around and gave us a way to regain control. You know we gain control by losing control. You gain control by releasing it into Jesus' hands. Right? But there's some things in our life that we need to take dominion over by giving them over to Jesus. He's provided. In day five, he provided long before day six ever got there. Man and woman hadn't even been created, but he had already, pre- he had already provided the provision that was needed. And of their disobedience, they lose the opportunity to reign over it, but yet he still plugs it back in and says, I'll give you Jesus so you can gain control again. And on day seven, he taught me to sit down and be quiet and rest. I'm not, well, our family has not been a family to do a whole lot of resting. We go a lot. Most of the time, just in the mundane of a work week, just like you. We've determined that for us, in this coming year, we're going to rest. Because if God can rest after creating everything around us, why can't we rest? There's a couple things. As I'm finishing up, you can come play something for me, please. Every day teaches us something. But what's so cool about this is it all started with a voice. Then God said, let there be light. Out of the mouth of God, light was commanded. But then what's so cool about it is in verse 3, and it's all throughout, he gave a pattern because God is a God of patterns. And verse 3, it says, Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. When God spoke, it happened. But then what's so cool to me is this is a God that, that 
has created he's creating the universe but he still stopped long enough in verse 4 to see that it was good and maybe it's just me i don't know but i get in a really bad habit of rolling on through life and never stopping to celebrate moments I'll wallow in the discouragement. I'll wallow in whatever. I, okay, that was just good enough. Good job, dude. You turned on the light switch. But how often do we sit back and say, whoa, that's good. And he creates the space between the waters. He created sky and then, he said, let there be space between the waters to separate the waters of the heaven from the waters of the earth. And that's what happened because when God speaks, it happens. But then he stepped back and said, that's good. And he said, let the waters beneath the sky flow together in one place. And let the land sprout. And that's what happens. And then in verse 12, it said, And God saw that it was good. He said, Let lights appear in the sky to separate the day from the night. Let them be signs to mark the seasons. Let the lights in the sky shine down on the earth. And that's what happened. And then in verse 18, it says, And God saw that it was good. Our state of mind is radically changed when we stop to celebrate the moments. He's creating earth. Can you imagine the weight? Well, I created light today. Tomorrow we got to create the sky, stars, the moon, the fish. Lord, how will I ever get it all done? You will consume your life. I started by saying I had a bad habit. Because I can consume life with to-do lists. Of the, the weight of the world sitting on my shoulders of what's got to be done, what's got to be accomplished, where I fell short, where I didn't come through, what, what did not happen today. And God's given me the example in all six days. And on the seventh, he sat down and he rested to say, man, that's good. So here's my thought. My 2020 and 2020. It's just this thought. Why don't we start this year with our words? You need a job? Let's prophesy it. Let's speak it. Because the power of God that is within me, when it comes out of my mouth, everything he spoke, it says it happened. Right? Why don't we start this year by stepping back? 19 might have been horrible. But I promise if you sit down for just a second, you can see it was good. 
I'm, I'm going to be victorious. Light put darkness in its place, and it controlled darkness. I'm going to walk in victory. I'm going to, to, to practice the discipleship multiplication. I'm going to realize my provision has already came. I'm going to take dominion back over places in my life by the power of the blood of Jesus. That song said earlier, it says, Oh, what peace we don't have because we don't ask. What a friend we have in Jesus. I'm going to take back some hours in my day recognizing that the sun and the moon have a place to keep me in order. But what I'm going to start on this first Sunday of the year with is proclaiming over my life and my family and this church the things that I believe are to come to pass. You need a raise? It's not selfish to proclaim a raise. If you want a raise for you, that's selfish. You need a raise so that God can bless you and your family so the wheel can keep on spinning and you can give more. I believe God will give you a raise all day, every day. Father, as we walk throughout this year, I pray that you keep us to a place of humility, Father, but we remain in victory. Recognizing that from the very beginning, from the very first day, you spoke victory into existence. God, we give you ourself today. We give you our schedules. God, we give you our, our days to come. We give you the to-do list. We give you everything that we need, Father. We place it in your hands to create boundaries in our life, to create separation in our life. We count on you for provision. And we take dominion over situations by the power and the blood of Jesus. Father, I pray blessings over this house. I pray blessings over your people as we walk into this year. Father, I pray that we stand back on December the 31st of 2020. God, and we look at the things you've done, we can sit back and rest and we can look back and say, man, that's good. Knowing that prayers have been answered, children have come home, prodigals are, have been won back to you, souls have been saved, lives have been changed. God, that our lives are better because of you. Father, I believe for new jobs. God, I believe for blessings, financial blessings, emotional blessings. God, I believe for he healing, God, spiritual, physical, and emotional healing today. Father, bless this house. I thank you, Lord. Father, I pray that you keep us and you bring us back again. Lord, let us understand and recognize the power of multiplication. Lord, if the seas can multiply and create, that the trees can multiply and recreate their own kind, Father, sure enough, we should be able to. I thank you, Lord, for what you've done here today and what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen.